When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it me? It's you. Am I the drama? Always. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Today, I'm going to get all of the fun stuff off at the top. Remember, uh, we want to hear from you if you want us to do certain things. If you want us to do another Would We Survive episode, email the series or even just the standalone books you'd like to see us in, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Hang out with us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And of course, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we would love to hear from you. But today, this is where, you know, I got all the, the business stuff out of the way. We are talking about the books that are coming up in March that we are so excited to read. May. I, I was going to say May. Did coming I say up in May. May. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about March. <sighs> uh, no, we already did. But... That's my bad. These are the, wow. It's okay. It's Friday. It's, it's okay. Friday. It's Friday. Friday. So we are about to talk about the books coming out in May that we are super excited for. If it's one of these episodes, you already know who's here. Emma and Jill. Hi. 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 Oh, we got a lot to talk about for May. We sure do, uh, including some like books that we might have already read because there are some author interviews maybe coming your way. Yes, ex- you absolutely won't be able to tell uh, <laughs> who we might be interviewing based on any of these books and blurbs that we've got for you. Not at all. Um, but let's dive into it. Who wants to start? Me. Yay. <laughs> Uh, the coffee's hitting me. I'm going to talk about Book Lovers by Emily Henry. This book comes out May 3rd. I've been talking about this book for 10,000 years because I was fortunate enough to get an early copy. I read it in two days and it is absolute perfection. I really don't know where to start. I was in a book rut when I started this. Like I had a hangover from Sarah J. Moss and I was like, oh, what could possibly get me? over this. And I read book lovers and I did not want it to end. I truly did not want to move on from this book because it was so good. I laughed. I cried. I gave it five stars on Goodreads, which is rare. Um, so this book follows Nora Stevens. She's described as a shark of a literary agent in New York city. And she's most definitely not the heroine in a Hallmark or Lifetime movie where that businessman hunk goes to a small town and falls in love with a baker. Like she is not that woman. Um, She's usually the woman that the businessman hunk would leave for that small town baker. Um, And she knows it. She owns it. She cares about two things in her life, her clients and her sister Libby. 
And it's because of her sister that she ends up spending a month in Sunshine Falls, North Carolina on a sister's summer trip away. Libby really imagines that this would be the perfect spot for her sister to undergo like a small town transformation. So they have like a really cute small town bucket list of things they need to do, you know, like go on a blind date with a small town doctor, you know, save a local business. It's so cute and charming. So, um, enter Charlie Lastra. He is absolutely not the definition of a small town hunk. He keeps bumping into Nora all over Sunshine Falls, but that's not where they first met. He's actually from New York City. He's an editor at a publishing house. They've met many times before, and none of the times that they've met have been cute. Uh, He's brooding. He's smug. This story has enemies to lovers. It has a cute small town. It takes place in the summer. There are emotional struggles. It's funny. I was actively laughing out loud while I was reading parts of this. I cried. There are steamy scenes. I don't have anything else to say other than Book Lovers by Emily Henry comes out May 3rd. Sounds good. Sounds super fun. It's so good. I love the I I love the idea of a story of the the one who gets left in the Hallmark movies, basically. Yeah, exactly. And we love a good Hallmark lifetime movie trope. But yeah, what happens to you know the the other characters, like the ones that are left uh, because they don't fit into that little picture perfect romance? Do those people deserve love? Absolutely. So this was a really cute sort of twist on that kind of classic visit a small town rom-com, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, and perhaps keep an eye out for something more about this book soon. <laughs> what? Wink. Look at that what? Wink, wink. <laughs> Who has the next pickup on the I list? Um, my first one is The Book Woman's Daughter by Kim Michelle Richardson. This is a sequel to Kim's book, The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. Um, so this is about Honey. She is um, the daughter of the famed blue-skinned Troublesome Creek pack horse librarian. So if you are familiar with the blue-skinned people of Kentucky, they are real. Um, and Honey and her family have been hiding from the law all her life. But when her mother and father are imprisoned, Honey realizes she must fight to stay free or risk being sent away for good. So picking up her mother's old pack course library route, Honey begins to deliver books to the remote callers of Appalachia. Honey is looking to prove that she doesn't need anyone telling her how to survive, but the route can be treacherous and some folks aren't as keen to let a woman pave her own way. If Honey wants to bring the freedom books, Bring the freedom books provide to the families who need it most. She's going to have to fight for her place. And along the way, learn the extraordinary women who run the hills and hollers can make all the difference in the world. So I interviewed Kim Michelle Richardson when um, the book women of Troublesome Creek came out. We love librarians. We love pack horse librarians. We love historical fiction. What's, what's not to love about all of this? And she was really fun to talk to as well. So that was a, that was a, years ago interview so you can go search our archives because I don't have it in front of me right now but <laughs> you want to hear her talk about book woman of troublesome creek in Kentucky there you go I mean the blue people of Kentucky fascinate me beyond belief right. I'm also on that part of TikTok somehow what won't it provide yeah yeah you There's, can learn 
Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I only learned about them in science class when I was in middle school, but now, or high school or whatever, but now I'm like, of course mm-hmm. there's a side of TikTok. That oh yeah, because there'll be like documentary clips from different sure. things about them. Um, I also, you know, I have a soft spot for any sort of mobile library presence. Uh, LOL, Digital Bookmobile, that's that's my full-time job at Overdrive. So a pack horse librarian, super into that as well. Good stuff, good stuff. So that's out May 3rd. Exciting. So my first title, also out May 3rd, is When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill. Alex Green is four years old when she first sees a dragon. In her next-door neighbor's garden, in the spot where an old lady usually sits, is a huge dragon with an astonished expression on its face before it opens its wings and soars away across the rooftops. And Alex doesn't see the little old lady after that. No one mentions her. It's as if she never existed. Then Alex's mother disappears and reappears a week later, one quiet Tuesday, with no explanation whatsoever as to where she's been. But she's a ghostly shadow of her former self and with scars across her body, wide, deep burns, as though she had been attacked by a monster who breathed fire. Alex, growing from a young girl to fiercely independent teenager, is desperate for answers but doesn't get any. Whether anyone likes it or not, The mass dragoning is coming, and nothing will be the same after that. Everything is about to change forever, and when it does, this too will be unmentionable. So that's uh, When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill, coming May 3rd. That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by what a mass dragoning is, right? Yeah, I would very (laughs) much like to find out. (laughs) I'm intrigued. I do have another book out on May 3rd. May 3rd seems to be a popular release date for May titles. Mm-hmm. I um, want to highlight Book of Night by Holly Black. This is her adult debut. She's written you know, countless books for kids and teens over the years. And this is, uh, again, her first novel for adults. So this book follows Charlie Hall, who has never found a lock she couldn't pick, a book she couldn't steal, or a bad decision she wouldn't make. Charlie works for glow mists. They're magicians who manipulate shadows, and they use that manipulation for all kinds of things, whether it's like peering into a locked room or strangling people in their beds or worse, so it can get pretty grim. But the Glomists guard their secrets and create an underground economy of grimoires. And uh, to rob their fellow magicians, they need Charlie. Um, So she's trying to walk the straight and narrow. She's put all of that um, sort of life of crime behind her. She wants nothing to do with the Glomists. She just wants to work at her job as a bartender, take care of her sister Posey, and hang out with her boyfriend Vince. Um, but somebody from her past shows up and makes that really difficult. You also have her boyfriend, Vince, who doesn't have a shadow, uh, which is interesting in this world because does he have a soul? Why doesn't he have a shadow? What's going on there? So there's just a whole bunch of crazy things that happen um, when somebody from her past tries to push her back into that life. She's trying so hard to leave behind. This was a really, really good um, fantasy. It's creepy. It's gritty. It feels like 
thick in the atmosphere. I don't know if that's a good way to describe it, but um, the way that Holly Black has written this book, the atmosphere it just comes to life. Um, so this book is out May 3rd. Again, that is the book of night by Holly black. Uh, and as usual, I will mention the cover is lovely. I love Holly black. I've loved, I've loved her for since my my little child days going to the library and borrowing books. (laughs) She, she's great. And I don't know that firsthand at all. Not at all. I, I also <laughs> don't know that as if I were sitting in the background. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, keep an eye out. Book of Night should be one to watch. Stay tuned for more on that. You might want to listen to other things because there's some pretty cool information coming your way. <laughs> it's not subtle at all, Emma. No, I'm not. I'm not subtle. I don't know how to play it cool keep an eye out for more on Holly Black. (laughs) Uh, um, My next one is Trust by Hernan Diaz. This is like been like a most named a most anticipated book by Vulture, Oprah Daily, AV Club, Lit Up, Goodreads, and more. I mean, there's a lot of anticipation for this one. So even through the roar and effervescence of the 1920s, everyone in New York has heard of Benjamin and Helen Rask. He's a legendary Wall Street tycoon. She is the daughter of eccentric aristocrats. Together, they have risen to the very top of the world and seemingly endless wealth, all as a decade of excess and speculation draws to an end. But at what cost have they acquired their immense fortune? This is the mystery at the center of Bonds, a successful 1937 novel that all of New York seems to have read. Yet there are other versions of this tale of privilege and deceit. So the book Trust elegantly puts these competing narratives into conversation with one another and in tension with the perspective of one woman bent on distangling fact from fiction. The result is a novel that spans over a century and becomes more exhilarating with each new revelation. It is at once an immersive story and a brilliant literary puzzle, which I'm all about literary puzzles. We have books about books. We have books about facts versus fiction. We have... all of this, all of this right here, all of this. <laughs> I mean, a great combo of words, and I'm I'm with you. Books about books, so we're all trying not to crack up. <laughs> the 1920s and 30s. I mean, can't go wrong. What is not to love about everything here? That is trust by Hernan Diaz. Also out May 3rd. May 3rd really is a big day. It really is. I think I have a lot of them coming out May 3rd as well. Uh, So for my next title, I'm going to be as subtle as Emma. Stay tuned. You might hear more about this book uh, in the coming weeks. (laughs) Now, similar to Jill's last pick, uh, this title has has a few accolades uh, or a few shout outs to its name. It's uh, named a most anticipated book of 2022 by the Washington Post, Oprah Daily, Vulture, Harper's Bazaar, Thrillist, Essence, Good Housekeeping, Glamour, Marie Claire, Parade, Bustle, BuzzFeed, Refinery29, Business Insider, The Guardian, Financial Times, Pop Sugar, Book Riot, Lit Hub, Bookish, LGBTQ Reads, and more. Wow. <laughs> I felt the need to speed up just to get through it. Uh, This is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akweke Emezi. Now, y'all, 
I'm doing something I don't ever do. I'm recommending a just like a straight on adult romance title. This is a romance title. It is beautifully written. It is literary. A Quake is an amazing human. They have such an interesting background and story and perspective. And this is not only, this is their first romance title, period. Um, and aside from it being so looked forward to as a book, the film rights have already been bought to it uh, by Amazon Studios. And it's being directed by Michael B. Jordan's uh, folks, his production company. But so anyway, out May 24th, you made a fool of death with your beauty. Faye Adokola wants to learn how to be alive again. It's been five years since the accident that killed the love of her life, and she's almost a new person now, an artist with her own studio, and sharing a brownstone apartment with her ride-or-die best friend, Joy, who insists it's time for Faye to ease back into the dating scene. Now, this one's fun, gets to be a little steamy here and there. I'm learning the words from Emma and Jill. Uh, Faye isn't ready for anything serious, but a steamy encounter at a rooftop party cascades into a whirlwind summer she could have never imagined. A luxury trip to a tropical island, decadent meals in the glamorous home of a celebrity chef, and a major curator who wants to launch her art career. She's even started dating the perfect guy, but their new relationship might be sabotaged before it has the chance by the overwhelming desire Faye feels every time she locks eyes with the one person in the house who's most definitely off limits, his father. This new life she asked for just got a lot more complicated and Faye must begin her search for real answers. Who is she ready to become? Can she release her past and honor her grief while still embracing her future? And of course, there's the biggest question of all, how far is she willing to go for a second chance at love? So Amizi's vivid and passionate writing takes us into a deep world of possibility and healing, the constant bravery of choosing love against all odds. It's a beautiful book, beautiful cover. And uh, that is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akweke Amizi out May 24th. Uh, and there may or may not be a conversation with them on May 23rd. Subtle. Who knows? Maybe. Could be. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> we will not know. Is it my turn? I think so. Okay. I wanted to highlight a little bit different of selection than I normally do. I did challenge myself last month to uh, take a look at some things I don't normally choose on these episodes. And that included more nonfiction just to keep it spicy um, since I think my proclivity is to read romance and mystery. And those are a lot of my picks each month. Um, but for this month, I wanted to highlight out of the corner by Jennifer gray. This also comes out on May 3rd. It is my last May 3rd book though, for this episode, the, uh, pull quotes on this book are from Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael J. Fox. So I love that already. <laughs> This is a deeply candid and refreshingly spirited memoir of identity lost and found from the star of the iconic film, Dirty Dancing. So this just got a starred review from Publishers Weekly. Um, Gray takes a look at her childhood growing up in New York City, going to prep schools in the 70s. She talks about her breakout role on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
Um, she talks about dirty dancing and Patrick Swayze, which I can't, I can't wait to read about that, but I'll also cry. Um, you know, in the film, that film changed everything for her. She addresses a lot of her private and painful moments, um, like her nose job that pretty much ended her career and her triumphant win of dancing with the stars, uh, when she was 50 years old. So I'm really excited to read this story from Jennifer Gray. She's somebody that I've enjoyed in films, especially dirty dancing. And I can't wait to read out of the corner. This is out again on May 3rd. We love Jennifer Gray. Also RIP Patrick Swayze. Oh my gosh. Also, Also, did I say Jennifer Garner or did I say Jennifer? You you said it right the whole time. (laughs) Because I was like, wait, did I say the wrong Jennifer? I mean, no. we also love Jennifer Garner, but we do. But we do. this book is by Jennifer Gray of Dirty Dancing fame. Oh. Do you guys ever watch that TV show she was on like 20 years ago where she was like playing a version of herself? It was like, no. I'll have to Gray. find it. Uh, I'm Googling. Okay. Um, oh, it's called she's, It's Like You Know. She's stunning. It was like a Still. sitcom. Yeah, she is. She's. But. Nice think like her character on the show she was like yeah she'd find like a version of herself like make fun of her own nose job uh it's hilarious so. it, what was it called it's like you know oh no i don't think i ever saw it they only ran for two seasons but i definitely didn't see that but i <laughs> i am intrigued to learn more about her definitely in this yeah. book i also forgot she was on dancing with the stars that was a big a big win yeah Okay. <laughs> Good for her. Sorry, that sounded very dismissive, and it wasn't. Love Jennifer Gray for real. Like every, come on, like every sleepover for like my entire life, it was always Dirty Dancing. And the question was, was it the TV version, or did you actually have VHS, which had all of the scenes in it, including that one in the lake? So anyway, um. <laughs> Like you were so delirious. I've lost it. I've lost all grip on reality. <laughs> like this is like our third episode, fourth episode this week. <laughs> now let's see if I can do this without laughing. Unlikely. So my next one is Electra by Jennifer Saint. Uh, this is the story of Electra, one of Greek mythology's most infamous heroines. Um, so this is about three women tangled in an ancient curse. When um, Clytemnestra marries Agamemnon, she ignores the insidious whispers about his family line, the house of Atreus. But when on the eve... <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's going to be like that, apparently, where I just like have lost it. We've reached that point on Friday. When on the eve of the Trojan War, Agamemnon betrays her in the most unimaginable way, and she must confront the curse that has long ravaged their family. In Troy, Princess Cassandra has the gift of prophecy, but carries a curse of her own. No one will ever believe what she sees. When she is shown what will happen to her beloved city, when Agamemnon and his army arrive, she's powerless to stop the tragedy from unfolding. So then we have Electra. She is the youngest daughter and wants only for her beloved father to return home from war. But can she escape her family's bloody history or is her destiny bound by violence too? We got, you know, retelling of Greek mythology. Always good stuff. And Electra is one of those 
characters, characters, I guess what's the right word for it? I don't know. Who um is getting her own book of of her retelling of her own story. So this also is a very I like this cover a lot. It's uh it's an illustration and it shows the three sisters, but there is definitely sort of like a Greek spin on it that mm-hmm. um that I like. So I I love any folklore retelling. That's mm-hmm. that's always a good way to my heart. For sure. Ooh, and this cover is beautiful. Right? It's really pretty. I love the illustrations. Yeah. So I'll bring it back to May 3rd. Uh, I have a YA title here that's giving me very pretty little liars vibes. This is The Agathas by Kathleen Glasgow. Uh, Welcome to Castle Cove, a town cursed with missing girls, bad boyfriends, family secrets, and some very steep cliffs. So last summer, Alice Ogilvie's basketball star boyfriend, Steve, dumped her. Then she disappeared for five days. She's not talking. So where she went and what happened to her is the biggest mystery in Castle Cove, or it was at least. But now another one of Steve's girlfriends has vanished, Brooke Donovan, Alice's ex-best friend. And it doesn't look like Brooke will be coming back. Enter Iris Adams. She's Alice's tutor. And Iris has her own reasons for wanting to disappear, though unlike Alice, she doesn't have the money or the means. That could be changed by the hefty reward Brooke's grandmother is offering to anyone who can share information about her granddaughter's whereabouts. The police are convinced Steve is the culprit, but Alice isn't so sure. And with Iris on her side, she just might be able to prove her theory. In order to get the reward and prove Steve's innocence, they need to figure out who killed Brooke Donovan. And luckily, Alice has exactly what they need, the complete works of Agatha Christie. If there's anyone that can teach the girls how to solve a mystery, it's the master herself. But the town of Castle Cove holds many secrets, and Alice and Iris have no idea how much danger they're about to walk into. I cannot believe I managed to say Castle Cove the whole time and not Cabot Cove, because aside from being uh, very Pretty Little Liars adjacent, it's also very murder she wrote adjacent. <laughs> but in the best way, it sounds like. Oh. I put it on hold because I'm like, <laughs> this sounds so good. You, I... Like for fans of One of Us is Lying in Riverdale, like mm-hmm. check, check, check. Exactly. I, I mean, and I will always, it's always a positive coming from me if anything is murder she wrote adjacent. But yeah, this is, this is like a, a modern YA, like a CW retelling of Murder, She Wrote slash Agatha Christie. Oh yeah, as and, soon as you were like disappeared for five days and no one said anything, I'm like, oh, like Agatha Christie? <laughs> yeah, I was just bearing the lead, Jill. <laughs> but that's The Agathas by Kathleen Glasgow coming out May 3rd. Yay! My next pick is absolutely not similar at all. I decided to continue to expand my reach. I'm going to suggest a cookbook, which is funny coming from me because I don't cook, but maybe this will inspire me too. So this is The Cook You Want to Be by Andy Baragani. This comes out May 24th. I love Andy Baragani. He was from Bon Appetit's viral test kitchen videos. 
on YouTube. He was such a wonderful presence in those. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from the bio of this book because I can't say it better than they did. Uh, so Andy Baragani peeled hundreds of onions at Chez Panisse as a teenage intern, honed his perfectly balanced salad making skills at Estella in New York, and developed recipes in the test kitchens of Sever, Tasting Table, and Bon Appetit. It took him all those years to figure out the cook he wanted to be, a cook who is true to his Persian heritage, a fresh vegetable lover, a citrus superfan, and an always hungry world traveler. In The Cook You Want to Be, Baragani shows home cooks on how to hone their own cooking styles by teaching the techniques and unexpected flavor combinations that maximize flavor in minimal time. Um, so I am really looking forward to this. I like to buy cookbooks, which is odd because I don't cook, but I always hope that they inspire me <laughs> to uh, want to explore things in the kitchen. So I'm hoping this book will do just that. Uh, again, that comes out on May 24th and is called The Cook You Want to Be. I'm super excited for that. I loved the Test Kitchen videos. Um and I'm, I'm with you in the sense of like, I love to buy a cookbook, but who knows why I, I love to cook, but I am notorious for never following a recipe because usually I look at it and go like, it needs more than anything you've set in here. But I feel like I would trust his recipes. <laughs> My problem is I do cook and I do buy cookbooks and I follow the recipes Except I tend to just make the same five things like over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I make the one recipe I opened in the cookbook and went, I like this. And then I never open it again. And I, never <laughs> again. <laughs> I cook, yeah. I make it up myself. And then, right, I'll make the same five things. And one day it'll be like, oh, for your birthday, do you want me to make you this one dish from this cookbook? Yeah, I just rotate yeah. like the same 10 recipes just week mm -hmm. after week. <laughs> I mean, I would love to get to that point. I probably have like two go-to recipes and one of them is waffles. That's a <laughs> good solid like, recipe to have though, Emma. Not uh. a meal. Um, but I do I do collect cookbooks with the intention Wait. of well, that's a meal. I mean, it's a meal, up. but like <laughs> breakfast oh, for dinner. Clarified. It's not, I was thinking like a dinner. You can it have is waffles a meal. for dinner. You can have waffles for dinner. But it's not like a full, for some reason, doing like a meat and a vegetable and a carb is so difficult for me. So I constantly seek out inspiration in the hopes that mm -hmm. <laughs> one day I will find something that clicks. I just don't think I like cooking that much. I am too impatient. I'm not good at it. And so like, why do I keep trying? Even though I know that's counterintuitive, you have to like practice to get better at cooking. So but yeah, I have um, Molly Baz's cookbook from, she was from the test kitchen as well. And so mm -hmm. when I see some of my favorites from the test kitchen have their cookbooks out, I grab them and hope that they'll <laughs> inspire use. Absolutely. It's, it's hit or miss. What you looking at? Good one. It's, it's hit or miss, but I can dream. <laughs> I mean, the title sounds like it's one that is meant to be aspirational for those people who don't really cook. So mm -hmm. So this might be the one. This might be the one. This is the one. We're manifesting now. There you go. It's going to happen. Um, my next book is Siren Queen by Nevo. And I'm just going to read the description. So no maids, no funny talking, no fainting flowers. 
Lulu Wee is a beautiful, talented, and desperate to be a movie star. Coming of age and pre-code Hollywood, she knows how dangerous the movie business is and how limited the roles are for a Chinese-American girl from Hungarian Hill. But she doesn't care. She'd rather play a monster than a maid. But in Lulu's world, the most the worst monsters in Hollywood are not the ones on screen. The studios want to own everything from her face to her name to the woman she loves, and they run on a system of bargains made in blood and ancient magic, powered by the endless sacrifice of unlucky starlets like herself. Okay, so for those who do survive to earn their fame, success comes with a steep price. Lulu is willing to do whatever it takes, even if that means becoming the monster herself. Screen Queen, or Siren Queen, sorry, Siren Queen offers up an enthralling exploration of an outsider achieving stardom on her own terms in a fantastical Hollywood where the monsters are real and the magic of the silver screen illuminates every page. Okay, so <laughs> we have old school Hollywood, like pre-code Hollywood. That's like old, old school Hollywood. Chinese American actress, okay, magic of all kinds, like actual monsters in Hollywood, it sounds like. What is not to love about everything happening here in this? And LGBTQIA plus representation. Correct, that as well. <laughs> but that also well. real magic and monsters in the world. I'm, I'm like slapping my credit card on the table, like shut up and take my money, please. Yes, and I will say that when I read that description, I've had, like when I first was going through books and I, and I read that line about the woman she loves, I was like, this does sound like a fantastical Hollywood, but you know what? We're going to go with it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That really would not have been a thing. Definitely not <laughs> that. I will, not that, but I will, you know what? I'm going to go with this magic. Let's do it. Let's have this. So ready. So ready. Yeah. That is Siren Queen. It comes out May 10th, not May 3rd. So. Ooh. Also, um, it has a really fantastic cover as well. It's like a black and white photo of what you would imagine like a, Chinese American actress in like the 1920s would look like so with like smoke it looks like a smoke filter like she was really great that sounds gorgeous uh placing hold now um I will follow up your May 10th with my May 10th uh somehow it will just work that way but completely different this is Hidden Pictures by Jason Reculak so fresh out of rehab Mallory Quinn takes a job as a babysitter for Ted and Caroline Maxwell She is to look after their five-year-old son, Teddy. Mallory immediately loves it. She's got her own living space, goes out for nightly runs, and has the stability she craves. And she sincerely bonds with Teddy, who is sweet and shy, and he's always got his sketchbook and pencil handy. His drawings are, you know, the usual fare. He's making trees, rabbits, balloons. But one day, he draws something different. A man in a forest, dragging a woman's lifeless body. Then Teddy's artwork becomes increasingly sinister and his stick figures quickly evolve into lifelike sketches well beyond the ability of any five-year-old. Mallory begins to wonder if these are glimpses of a long unsolved murder, perhaps relayed by a supernatural force. Knowing just how crazy it all sounds, Mallory nevertheless sets out to decipher the images and to save Teddy before it's too late. Hidden Pictures, Jason Reculak, out May 10th. And there's a quote from Stephen King, if I'm remembering correctly, that's literally just, I like it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the quote. (laughs) What more do you really need? 
I and a mean, blurb from Stephen King. Right. Not much. That'll do it in in and of itself. I said uh, hidden pictures and not hidden figures, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I just had a moment where I was like, with I, how this yeah. day is going. Y'all. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the Stephen King quote is, I loved it. <laughs> so same, same energy. <laughs> Better that way. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. That's all I need, which actually is fitting because this next book was first brought to my attention by one Sarah J. Moss because she was reading it. And that's really all I need to know. Um, it is Twin Crowns by Catherine Doyle and Catherine Weber. This comes out May 17th. This is a YA duology. Um, so first things first, sorry, not sorry. Have you guys seen the cover of this book? It is gorgeous. That's all. So that certainly helped Peak my interest, uh, Sarah J. Moss in a pretty cover. Yes, but wait till you hear about this plot. So twins, Rose and Wren, are separated at birth. We love. Uh, and they grow up totally differently. So Rose is a pampered princess in a palace. Wren is a witch who grew up knowing that she would usurp the throne, impersonate her sister, and protect the witch community that is wrongly feared. So Ren has been trained her entire life to get to this point where they're going to kidnap her sister, Rose, and she's going to impersonate her and steal the crown. So Rose is kidnapped and thrust into a world that is entirely different. She like wakes up in the desert surrounded by people she doesn't know where everything is just totally different outside of the palace walls. Ren is successful in her infiltration of the castle, but there's a certain palace guard that's incredibly distracting and attractive. Um, So the sisters are about to get to know each other's lives a whole lot better as they're thrust into these completely different situations. And then, of course, as Rose's supposed coronation day looms closer and closer, both sisters strive to claim their birthright. There's a nefarious, sinister man named Will Willem Rathborn, which, you know, is a great villain name, um, who becomes increasingly determined to stop all efforts of these sisters from succeeding um, and taking the crown for himself. So who will rise to power and who will ultimately end up wearing the crown? I'm into it. It has all the things we have twins separated at birth. We have like two totally different lifestyles. We have hunky love interests. We have like a plot to overthrow the natural birthright of the crown. I'm babbling now, but everything about this book is a yes for me. That was twin crowns by Catherine Doyle and Catherine Weber out May 17th all the things just like check 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 check. it's so good and the cover i'm sorry yes and i know this doesn't pertain to ebooks but there's like a sprayed edge version of this book so i'm all about reading this however you can get your hands on it there you go um i have one book left i'm so excited for this one and it it would 100 have fit with our would you survive conversation as well so this last one is um hide by kirsten white 
So the challenge is to spend a week hiding in an abandoned amusement park and don't get caught. The prize, enough money to change everything. Even though everyone is desperate to win, whether it's to seize a dream future or escape a haunting past, Mac is sure she can beat her competitors. All she has to do is hide, and she's an expert at that. It's a reason she's alive and her family isn't. But as the people around her begin disappearing one by one, Mac realizes that this competition is even more sinister than she imagined, and that together, working together might be the only way to survive. 14 competitors, seven days everywhere to hide but nowhere to run so it sounds kind of like squid games almost but also like hunger games a little bit and the whole the line about like it's the reason she's alive and her family isn't gives like final girl feelings of some kind of tragic past happening abandoned amusement park hello just everything that sounds super cool. The title or the title, the cover is super. The cover as well. The it cover looks. Well. It looks haunted, and I love that. I can't even. The cover. It looks like if you imagine if you were to like pick up a plant, and just pull it out with its roots hanging. It's like that, but with a Ferris wheel on top. <laughs> Which. And there's some, I don't know that there's like a red pattern on it. I can't tell if it's supposed to be leaves, flowers, blood. I don't know. But I, I feel like there's like a whole, like it feels, I don't know what is happening, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure it's human, I guess is what I'm saying. I could be wrong. It could be entirely human things happening, but they're also, I'm like, feels like a supernatural thing. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see. Got to read to find out. I love the sound of that. Very Squid Game. Very Running Man. Not to bring mm, Stephen King up yes. again, but very yes. Running Man. <laughs> yeah. And like hiding. Sure, you can hide. That's Maybe that's not enough. Mm-hmm. So my last book, uh, no surprise, is a memoir. This is coming out May 17th. It's titled Mean Baby by Selma Blair. So the first story Selma Blair Bittner ever heard about herself is that she was a mean, mean baby with her mouth pulled into a perpetual snarl and a head so furry it had to be rubbed to make way for her forehead. Selma spent many years living up to her terrible reputation, biting her sisters, lying spontaneously, getting drunk from Passover wine at the age of seven and behaving dramatically so that she would be the center of attention. Although Selma went on to become a celebrated Hollywood actress and model, she could never quite shake the periods of darkness that overtook her, the certainty that there was a great mystery at the heart of her life. She often felt like her arms might be on fire, a sensation not unlike electric shocks, and she secretly drank to escape. Over the course of this beautiful and at times devastating memoir, Selma lays Blair, her addiction to alcohol, her devotion to her beaut- her brilliant and complicated mother, and the moments she flirted with death. There is brutal violence, passionate love, true friendship, the gift of motherhood, and finally, the surprising salvation of a multiple sclerosis diagnosis. In a voice that is powerfully original, fiercely intelligent, and full of hard-won wisdom, Selma Blair's mean baby is a deeply human memoir and a true literary achievement. It sounds so good. Right? And so many so many tough topics in one person's life. Uh, but I I cannot wait to to see her take on on her own life. 
so that is Mean Baby, Selma Blair, May 17th. Yay! And, and of course, the cover is a gorgeous photo of her. Of course. Um, before I pass it on, though, can I do a quick special shout out? Of course. Thank you. Thank you. So I just wanted to remind everyone coming out May 3rd, for those of you who listened to my comics, graphic novels, manga episode, you may remember Kristen shouting out this upcoming juvenile title. It's a great graphic novel series. And that is Lucy Nisley's Apple Crush. So Jen is just getting used to her life on Peapod Farm with her new stepsisters, Andy and Reese. But when the school year starts, there are even more changes in store for her. Jen has to navigate new friends and new challenges, but at least she'll have Andy with her, right? As she starts the sixth grade, she finds that her stepsister seems way more interested in crushes and boys than hanging out with her. While Jen wants to know when the world decided boys and girls couldn't just be friends anymore, Jen's story continues in this standout sequel to Stepping Stones that captures everything awesome and scary about growing up. So wanted to make sure we had something in there for our juvenile readers as well. And, and just a reminder of Kristen's wonderful recommendation for this upcoming Lucy, Lucy Nisley title. Excellent. Thank you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Thank you for indulging me. I've got, yeah, I've got one more just quick notable mention I wanted to include this month. The Summer Place by Jennifer Weiner. This is out May 10th. She probably doesn't need the press um, because she's so well-known, but her books are so good. And this one is no exception. This is the last book in her sort of summer series. And it follows Sarah Danhauser, who starts the story by hearing from her stepdaughter, Ruby, who's 22, that she is engaged to her pandemic boyfriend after about a year of dating. And they've set the date. It's just three months away. And Ruby has already talked to Sarah's mother, Veronica, about having their wedding on Cape Cod at the family house. Veronica is super excited that the whole family is going to be coming out for the wedding because she wants to have one last blowout before she puts the Cape Cod house for sale. Um, But the road to wedding day comes with a few bumps. You change uh, perspectives in the story from Ruby to her stepmother, Sarah, to Sarah's twin brother, Sam, to Veronica, Sarah's husband, Eli. And you get a really fascinating glimpse at all of these different characters, the secrets they're hiding, um, the things that are standing in the way of wedding day, which is quickly approaching. This was a really wonderful story about family and You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll feel all the emotions. Um, It is also written during the pandemic, which she does touch on in this. And I thought a really wonderful way where it felt very relatable. You could certainly imagine yourself in these characters in that environment, but it didn't make me depressed, uh, which I think is a fine line when we're writing about, you know, stories that take place during, you know, 2020 um, and the pandemic. So she does a beautiful job with the story. It is an excellent beach read. And so again, yeah, that was the summer place by Jennifer Weiner out May 10th. That was supposed to be my like quick notable mention blurb and it was 10 hours long. So with that, I think those are our picks for May. We did it. We made it. We made it. 
with lots of coffee and too many giggles. Yes. Uh, There, yeah. And scene. And scene. And scene. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast sponsored by Overdrive. Let us know what book you're most excited for for May, and we will see you again soon. I don't know what you say when it's the podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program. To learn about other evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.